We're discussing Halloween music with That Halloween Podcast. That's coming up on today's show. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is our 61-day Hauntathon, where we're counting down to Halloween by celebrating haunted houses daily via videos, podcasts, and in-person experiences. Since this podcast is only part of the Hauntathon, the best way to follow everything is by subscribing to our newsletter or by going to our Hauntathon 2023 page at our website at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. And remember that the best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. Okay, today we're sharing an episode that actually aired on That Halloween Podcast Season 3. That Halloween Podcast Season 3 has been airing daily since October 1st and will continue through Halloween. Each episode of this season reveals a song from That Halloween Podcast's Halloween Spotify playlist and then discusses that song with a special guest. I had the pleasure of being a special guest on Season 3 and we're sharing that episode with you today. Jeff and I discuss Live Again, which is a song that was featured in Halloween Horror Nights inside the Bride of Frankenstein maze last year. If you enjoy this episode, consider subscribing to That Halloween Podcast wherever podcasts are found or at the link in our show notes. I'm Philip Hernandez from the Haunted Attraction Network, and you're listening to That Halloween Podcast. So, you're looking for things that go bump in the night? You celebrate the spooky season all year long? Enter if you dare, and good luck escaping from that Halloween podcast. <laughs> Hey folks, I'm Jeff DePauli, and welcome to That Halloween Podcast. Today on the show, we're discussing the musical selection, Live Again, written for The Bride of Frankenstein Lives Haunted House at Universal Studios Hollywood in 2021. If you haven't listened to this score yet, click on the first link in this episode's description to go to our specially curated Spotify playlist. Once there, give it a listen. Each day, a new song will be added to the playlist to correspond with that day's episode of the podcast. Joining me to discuss this music is Philip Hernandez. Philip is the founder and editor of the Haunted Attraction Network, the leading news resource for haunted attractions. Philip has published several books, including The Thirteen Commandments of Haunting and Follow the Story, the Foundation of Every Great Attraction, and has contributed to In Park Magazine, Sharp Productions, and Attractions Magazine. He also co-hosts the weekly podcast Green Tagged Theme Park in 30. The spooky fun is coming your way right after this. Have you been naughty this year? Well then, Creep Kringle has some Halloween leftovers for you this November 17th and 18th at Creep It Real Festive, taking place in Orange County, California. This spooky Christmas crossover festival will unwrap live music, tons of sweet treats and food, along with door-busting shopping opportunities at their Cryptsmas Marketplace. Visit CreepItRealOC.com and follow them at CreepItRealOC for all of the ghoul-tide details. Hello, Phil, and welcome to That Halloween Podcast. How you doing, my friend? 
I am well. It's spooky season. There's pumpkin spice in the air, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining me today. We're going to be talking about the song Live Again. And the reason why I actually selected this one for you is because this song is associated with a haunted house, one of the most popular haunted houses from one of the most popular events, uh, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios theme parks. So why don't you explain to the folks real quickly your association with haunted houses? Yeah, so I founded the Haunted Attraction Network, and we're sort of a news agency that, that really covers haunted attractions worldwide. And of course, every Halloween, we do our Hauntathon, which is daily coverage of haunted houses. And it takes the form of videos, podcasts, and articles. And we just celebrate haunted houses daily from September 1st through Halloween. So we do a lot with haunted houses. And of course, I go to Universal on both uh, coasts, and uh, this year also to japan to see that and of course i loved the selection when, when it came across me because i was like wow i loved these houses they were phenomenal houses i i just i loved especially the bride of frankenstein moments you know i, I just i loved it I, I just i also i love how when you have haunted houses where there are characters that are sympathetic in them and not everybody is just out to get you mm-hmm you know, because I totally, I feel like I can relate to, to the to the bride. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, that would be terrible if you're you're really you're like you're trying to bring your love, like you finally found love, and you're trying to bring your love back to life. I'm like. Ugh. Yeah, so the story of this is this like I said the song is called Live Again. It is from a haunted house called The Bride of Frankenstein Lives and Universal Studios Hollywood, the theme park there. Uh, they've been doing these kind of Universal Monsters uh, houses for uh, this current year would be the fifth installation. The first one was in 2018, of course, 2020 there was no event. So The Bride of Frankenstein Lives is actually from 2021, so it was the third installation. And I'm going to be completely honest, one of my favorite haunted houses of all time at Halloween Horror Nights Hollywood. Loved it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And the cool thing is, it's it's an original storyline. It kind of begins where the original story ends, which is, you know, the bride is surviving an explosion, and she finds the monster dead in rubble. And he was the only one that was ever really nice to her and showed her kindness. So she decides to do whatever it takes to save him. And this song is from the first scene in that haunted house. And one of the really unique things about these Universal Monsters haunted houses at Universal Studios Hollywood is that the music is written by Slash from the band Guns N' Roses. He's been doing it since these first started in 2018. To be fair, they've kind of had like Universal Monster representation throughout the event even before that. But these like standalone houses started in 2018. And it's interesting because a lot of haunted houses use pre-recorded tracks, right? There are companies out Mm -hmm. there that write music for haunted houses. Some of them we're actually talking about on the podcast this month. And it's different when you're Universal Studios Hollywood and you have a mega budget compared to almost every other event. And, uh, you know, with a budget like that, you can get one of the, the most famous rock stars in the world to write original scores for your houses. And and that's kind of what's going on here. On that note, I think that is something that was, like you said, very unique about it, the custom music score. Um, Now, it's not unheard of, I will say it's not unheard of. There are quite a few haunted attractions um, in at least in our country, and I'm, I'm not sure about internationally, but in our country that do, the vast majority do not. 
but there are a few, you know, like Hush Haunted Trashin has a custom soundtrack. Uh, LA Haunted Hayride had one for a few years. I remember that. Um, yeah. You know, th- there's, yeah. And uh, this year, you know, Shacktoberfest has some, not a custom one, but they have like a few custom song, like one custom song. And they have some uh, like one liners that were developed to help with the story and help with the, uh, you know, the, the nightly. So it's not unheard of, but um, I think especially in this instance where it's their own character. It's kind of like they're telling, you know, they're expanding the canon for one of their own characters and they're able to bring that to the music score. I think that's what sets it apart. Yeah. So do you happen to remember the first time you heard this music score? Because for me, it was not at Halloween Horror Nights. I heard it along what? with a lot of other people a lot earlier. Do you happen to remember? I don't know if you were in the room or not. No, I was not in the room. Okay. No. Did they play it at uh, the presentation? At Midsummer Scream, Awaken the Spirits in 2021. They were giving wow. a full presentation about, you know, Halloween Horror Nights that year. And we got a sneak listen to this particular song. And I got to tell you, I was in that room and I remember in that moment being like, oh my God, this is like an epic score. And I really, truly fell in love with it in that moment. And it's so difficult when a score is written for a haunted house. Like, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of visuals. There's a there's the music, but there's a lot of sound effects, plus screams on top of that. So, like, the score can get lost, but at the same time, if it were missing, you would 100% notice that it was missing. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm kind of curious, what were some of your first thoughts when you heard this? And did you happen to revisit a walkthrough of the, the haunted house and kind of hear where it's placed because it's placed right at the beginning of yep. of this haunted house i did not encounter it until being there at the event itself but i do remember it leaving an impression on me i think we can get into the specific instruments later but i think you know just kind of like the i think you said it exactly right the epic nature of it is kind of what brought kind of brought but then again when you think about it, if i remember correctly you know the opening scene is like is it's an epic scene. I mean, just thinking about the storyline, like you said, it starts right at the end. And so your first scene is like, you know, you're, you're seeing her, she's trying to move rubble off of the monster. And I mean, it's a, she is upset. I mean, it's, it's really like, it's a high emotion, high intensity grand scene. It's not like uh, where some of them ones today, where you have this exposition buildup, right? It starts in a high energy, high action, high everything and i think that comes through in in the the score of course that there's high energy parts to it but that's what i remember most is just being like you you're just it it's so big of a start which is unusual you know for horror nights because a lot of times i think you start with the facade of the house or you start like with this year with the last of us where you start with jokes you know it's an ease in you're eased into it this one you're like you arrive at her point of trauma right and then you go from there and almost there are scenes where it's almost uh, down in energy because it's her, you know, through the decades. And that's another reason I actually really liked the, the, how epic it is because it's an epic story. This, this takes place over decades and she's, she's spending, you know, like a, a decades putting together and trying to find a way to bring the monster back to life. So it, it becomes uh, her quest. So I think if it's, yeah, and we as the guest literally walk into the book. The facade yep. of this this haunted house was a giant book, beautifully il- illustrated. And we walk into it, and right away, like you said, it's just high-intensity visuals and the score. 
and the, this first song, Live Again. We can totally get into the instruments now. You mentioned some of the instruments. Uh, what stood out to you? So so to me, the, the I think the three main things that stood out to me, one is like, I'm not sure what, at all what it is. You know, I'm not a musician, but I, I feel like I'm hearing this um, almost like electrical buzzing type of a thing. Like I, I know, cause I know in, in the opening scene, there's lightning and of course there's, there's a storm and there's stuff happening, but I know also she tries to at some point resuscitate him just normally and then figure out, you know, is like, that's not going to work. I need to find other creature parts to kind of help with all that. So I, I feel like I hear that as well. There's this buzzing that's happening. I love the violin that comes in and out that kind of, just because to me, the violin is always a, I love the violin. It's one of my favorite, like, um, instruments and to me it i think it very it's very poignant to include that because it it does give to me that sad note of like this is still a tragic event and then of course you get the you know the classic slasher thing you get the guitar the guitar you get the really high energy uh like that that instrument to me so to, i think that is the most apparent you know that the, i i remember hearing that when i first came in it just felt like uh my first impression really was of the guitar of being like, Oh, this is like a huge, almost like a rock. It's so like just the tone of just being like, wow, this is so rock. And so like, ah, and then there's lightning and, and like, and the, and the boulders and the, and she's like screaming. I'm like, Oh my God, like, this is crazy. And then you hear later, like you hear the notes of the violin and you hear the electrical stuff. So I think uh, that's what I picked out. What I noticed. Yeah, what I really love about this is that the music is very modern, right? It's electric guitars. Yeah. It's a, it's a very electric, right? I think there's some synthesizer in there and such. And there is the the possible, you know, problem of telling an old story. These are old characters and they look very old and adding in very modern music could feel out of place, but I don't think it does at all. I think it works a million percent. The sound that you were talking about, I describe, and I don't know exactly what made the sound, but it sounds like a grating metal to me or, or yep. something like that. Like kind of like you have a buzzsaw and you're scraping it against metal and you're causing sparks to fly. Like that's the sound yep. to me. And I love that. And I think that that's a great yep. sound effect, musical choice there. Of course, the electric guitar riffs from Slash feel very November Rain, if you're familiar with the, the Guns N' Roses song November Rain, which is such a tragic, mm -hmm. sad song. But you've mm -hmm. got that in there. You've got an organ sound in there. So you're bringing yep. back some of that kind of older sound. It's a little EDM to me. Do you think so? Yeah. I agree. And actually, I, I really like EDM. And uh, I agree. I didn't think of it till now. But I, I do agree. It is very EDM. It, it's so It's such a... Again, this is why you compose an original score, right? Because how could you it, – it's such a – I think a, a unique piece to get all these elements together and have it fit the story so well because, you know, you like you said, it's all the electric guitar, the electric moments, and that fits in with the monster and his creation and, you know, with her later trying to resuscitate him. And then you get the melancholy notes in there, but then you also get the the high-energy, like, EDM portion. I mean, it, it you know, it's <laughs> it, it's it's uh, – a it's a, it'd be such a difficult song to find 
you know, if you didn't, if you didn't compose it originally. And by the way, this is scene one, chapter one. There yeah. <laughs> are other chapters to follow, all with their own musical scores. So it's it's kind of wild to think, you know, each scene has its own score. And of course, it, they have similar feels to it. But uh, I don't know. I, I really, really, really love this one. I'm curious if you had to describe this score in just one word. What's the word that you would choose? I think I would I would choose electric. Electric. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, even though that kind of leaves out the melancholic notes, but I think the overall vibe to me was electric. Like I remember my main impression was being that it was so high energy. You know, that it was just so big and epic and just like an active emotion. You know, like cuz there's there's a way to be sad. You know, but this felt more like uh, anguish mixed with type of thing. You know, it wasn't like, you know, she's like screaming. It, it's so to me, it's just like it's electrifying. It's high energy. It's electrifying. That's what I would say. For me, the word is grand. That's the word that comes to mind for me. It's just very grand. I think epic is fitting as well. But it's 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 big, you know, it's big and it's loud and it's it just does the job. I really, really love it. And I'm, you know, I'm not particularly a Guns N' Roses fan by any means, but I think that the this kind of run of Slash writing the scores to these haunted houses is a real success. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I love it and I love that they're available. Uh, some of these scores are available on Spotify, as you can hear in the, the That Halloween Podcast playlist. So, very, very cool. Anything else you want to add? Actually, there's one thing I want to talk about that has nothing to do with the music, but it's a pet peeve. Okay, so... In the original story, who is Frankenstein? The original story, Frankenstein is the person who creates the monster. Great. Dr. Frankenstein. And yeah. so his creation is referred to as? The monster. Or Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's monster. monster. Right. Yeah. So who the hell is the bride of Frankenstein? It's the bride of Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 It drives me crazy. Anyway. <laughs> just throwing that out there. It, it, it drives me nuts just because I feel like that's such a like a thing. Like, no, his name's not Frankenstein. It's the monster, you know? And and then they just completely negate that. And I'm not saying this haunted house created this problem. This is a problem long before that. But I just the title, The Bride of Frankenstein, uh, you know, is is not consistent, which if anybody knows me, that drives me crazy. Now, Phil, before you go, you need to answer the That Halloween Podcast Season 3 Rapid Fire Questions. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, what is the scariest sounding instrument? Oh, gosh. Um, I think, I, I forget which one it is, but the one, the, the strings, the it's a string instrument that always has those dramatic, it kind of sounds like when, when, you, when you use it, it sounds like, it's like a discordic melody type of thing, like it's off kilter. Oh, I don't yeah, know what I you're talking know. about. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the name of it. I'll figure it out. But yeah, it's 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 uh to me strings are always the 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 string the string ones. String instruments are always like the most be- just because they're like they can be so discordant like you can pluck them in a discordant way. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I love stringed instruments. So, uh they're beautiful. They're beautiful and scary. I love it. Uh what's scarier in a horror movie? Music or silence? Silence. Say happy Halloween while doing your best impression of famous radio DJ Wolfman Jack. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Um until tomorrow. Happy Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> ah, 
lot. Wow. <laughs> I didn't see much effort in that, but all right, I'll let it slide. If you were a famous spooky music radio DJ yourself, what would be your sign-off slogan at the end of each show? Stay spooky. Stay spooky. I like it. What is the greatest spooky sound effect? So the one I use, I use this one all the time when I make videos. I feel like people don't uh, don't even notice it. Just I love like this like I love whispers, little whispers and like scratches. Okay. And I will a lot of times I will just put them into like Instagram videos and just into some just all sorts of stuff just to like add a little bit of like mystery. Excellent. Instrumental jump scare in a movie. Love it or hate it? I love it. Like, I love it. Cool. Name a famous person with an incredible evil laugh. (laughs) I just, I'm just thinking about Elon Musk. That's. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's your answer. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. What's creepier, children singing slowly or clowns giggling? Oh, children singing slowly, for sure. If you were a scary rapper, what would your rapper name be? Probably like um, something like Big Pumpkin. <laughs> Big Pumpkin. I love that. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> and finally, if there were one standalone musical Halloween anthem, what would it be? Oh, God. You're going to make me pick up. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. I don't know. I feel like I don't love it, but I, in terms of an anthem, I think Thriller is like, oh, my God. I mean – it's so ubiquitous. It's so, it's so, it's just so ubiquitous. It is everywhere. Yeah, I, I would say that would have to be, it. just in my opinion, I just, maybe it's just my world, but I feel like you hear it and anywhere and anytime it comes up, people think about Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Phil, thank you so much for coming on the show and happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I hope you've enjoyed today's conversation. If you have, don't keep it to yourself. Tell all of your Halloween-loving friends and shout about it on social media. This Halloween party's invitation is open to everyone. Help other people find the show by leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. Now, in your review, let me know it would be on the top of your Halloween music playlist. I'd love to hear about some of your favorite songs. And also, don't forget to head over to thepodcastnetwork.com to claim your free Halloween gifts from me to you. That's D as in demon, E as in evil, podcastnetwork.com. But now it's time to see if you can figure out tomorrow's music selection. Tomorrow's song was released in 1998 and was written and performed by a music artist with deep ties to the dark, grotesque, and macabre. But this artist has taken his love of horror beyond simply albums and has directed numerous horror films for the big screen. The answer will be revealed soon on our specially curated Spotify playlist, and of course, I'll be discussing it with a special guest on tomorrow's episode of That Halloween Podcast, where we're discussing Halloween music every day of October. That's going to do it for today. Till next time, happy Halloween. That Halloween Podcast is produced and hosted by Jeff DePauly. May all your nightmares come true. (laughs) This podcast is part of the DePodcast Network. Learn more about this show, plus find more quality and entertaining podcasts at depodcastnetwork.com. That's D-E-podcastnetwork.com. 
Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. We're counting down to Halloween with daily podcasts, videos, and events in our 61-day Hauntathon. Follow along at the link in our show notes. Our Hauntathon is made possible through generous support from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. That's gantam.com demo. Our Hauntathon team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. And our content partners for this year include Attractions Magazine, Creepy Kingdom, Freaks of HHN, Haunt Topic Radio, Kevin Heimbach, News TV, Omni Adventures, Scare Track, Sharp Productions, That Halloween Podcast, The Horror of Being Emily, The Scare Factor, and This Weekend with Nick Pagliocchini. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our weekly newsletter at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. We'll catch you back here tomorrow and every day until Halloween. Until next time, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.